Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. And hello, hello everyone out there in the big, big world. This is Helena, Helena Steiner-Hornstein, and I'm speaking to you as usual from Miami Beach, sunny Florida. Well, uh, again, it's so nice to have you with me, and I'm so grateful for all the little notes you're sending me in my emails. And again, I have a great guest with me today. It's amazing how many different subjects there are out there. And I was thinking just before this show now, I was thinking, you know, there's so many of us out there who we have talents, but we don't realize it's a particular talent and that we can do something with this particular talent. And the one guest I have with me today, her name is Darlene Fall Britton. Darlene is written with the H, which I haven't put down on the announcements, but it's Darlene with the H in the beginning, and Fall Britain. And Darlene sits in California right now. Would you like to say hello, Darlene, so I know hello, you're there? Hello, everyone. Yes, I'm sitting in California, but we're not having any sunshine today, but uh, we need the rain, so that's a, that's a blessing. So nice to chat that with you. It's nice. You know, and we are looking forward to rain also sometime here in Florida, but we are not going to get it, they say. So we get this beautiful uh, sunshine instead. But, Darlene, you are a certified tea specialist, and you have traveled, which is, I think, I didn't know there was such a thing, you know, (laughs) but you are one. And uh, you have traveled to China, and you have picked tea with the female tea pickers, and you have been with them into the drying and processing plants, and then you have sipped tea with with them, and you've been visiting the finest tea shops in Beijing and Shanghai. You have also written a book about tea, and it's called Sipping Tea, Celebrating Me, which sounds very nice, and you will have to tell me a little bit about that as well, and you have also healing prayers to enjoy with the tea, and that's intriguing. Then I see here in my announcement that you say, or we have said for you evidently, you can change your life in the 10 minutes it takes to sip a cup of tea, and you have particular tea formulas and tea prayers again, and then there is tea for the brain and other organs. And we have, as we all know, green tea, red tea, black tea, white teas. What all? What is this about? <laughs> so this is what you have to tell us about. And then here it says also, with tea and the power of your mind, you can create your new perfect world. You will be surprised to find out the many different, it says angels here, but I'm sure it must be, Angles of tea and tea making, or are there tea angels, <laughs> darling? Well, because you know, I'm I'm very into angels. It wouldn't surprise me a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so am I. Lately, have come to be uh, very connected to the energy of angels, and that's why you also see more angel programs on my. Uh, shows now that it's some reality that maybe is trying to get over to to get to us somehow. 
So anyway, Darlene, how come that you got so interested in teas? Well, it truly is a fascinating subject and uh, has penetrated almost every culture and country across the world. Tea is the number one beverage in the world, next to water. So almost every tradition, every culture, uh, even uh, religious traditions and spiritual cultures have involved tea in one fashion or another. So at one time in history, tea was more precious than silver and gold, and tea was actually used as currency. And uh, just the phenomenal history that's involved in tea, uh, of course, I didn't know all of that when I started snooping around, and it was just kind of like, this is fascinating, and we have... Um, a number of industries that sprung up from the tea trade, and uh, tea originally was found growing wild in China, and eventually leaves and seeds were transported and taken to other parts of the world and try and planted there. Uh, there are places where it's just not successfully grown, and we do have a number of large growers throughout the world, but uh, we have several industries, uh, uh, such as the sugar industry and, unfortunately, the slave trade industry. The um, shipping industry in the old days, they needed to get tea to different ports, most of them to England from China and Japan. And so we invented ships that sailed a lot faster, and those were our clipper ships. So, Uh um, you know, all throughout history, this uh, tea has sort of, permeated and uh, affected the lives of many, many people. So it uh, was brought to this country by the Dutch, uh, and New York was originally called New Amsterdam, so it was the Dutch who uh, brought tea with them, and they had already a a large established tea-drinking culture in in Holland and brought all of that to, to America, which is really where it started to come from. Most people seem to think of tea and think of the British and believe that tea must be grown there. Well, it's not. They don't have (laughs) or the space to grow tea, but they were definitely um, a whole, as they occupied many of the countries around the world, they started growing tea in Mm -hmm. in India and Sri Lanka and Taiwan. So it's it's a huge commodity. And it, it and what was intriguing to me were was more the spiritual aspects and how people had incorporated it into a spiritual practice or a spiritual tradition and traditions of celebration and honoring guests and dignity and uh, royalty and that tea was pre- presented as a gift. So it really yeah, well, it's a nice clean drink also. You know, it's yeah. not like, uh, for instance, coffee and other drinks. It's it's dark and you cannot see through it. So um, which is the best way to drink tea, depending, of course, what kind of tea we have? Some people put milk in the tea and others like the lemon. Is there some kind of different philosophy originally behind this, or is it a matter of taste? Well, of course it is a matter of taste, but let's start at the basics, and I suggest to people start with good water. Um, Most cities don't have the best water coming out of your taps, so I do that I notice, you know, particularly in yeah. America where you have the chlorinated water, yeah. and that, of course, and goes over into the tea. A little, a little film and a little bit of bubbles that uh, is on the top of most tap water and also water that's not been brought to a, a proper temperature. So start with good water. Uh, mm-hmm. If you are blessed to be in a city that has good tap water, um, cold water, of course, running from your cold water faucet, not your hot water, 
uh, or else using bottled or filtered water. And the different teas, the lighter the tea, your white teas and your green teas, do not need full rolling, boiling hot water. You, uh, I know the sound of my kettle, and I know the sound that it makes just before the water is about to boil. Yeah. I shut it off. Or and that was the way I was taught when I was in England as a young student. And the lady of the house said, oh, yes, you have to wait till it just starts to bubble a little around the edges. <laughs> you know, not boiling water, but has to bubble a little at the edges of the of the inside of the pot. Yeah, so then the, you know, some, some will boil water in a pot, and, and the old yeah. days, of course, that's how they did it. So they were able to watch the size of the bubbles. Yeah. Some of the bubbles are the size of a pinhead, then they're the size of a pea, then they're the size of a, you know, a dime or something. So, you know, it's kind of like, okay, that's a little complicated for most folks. So if you've missed the, the, the kettle and it's gone into a full boil and shut itself off or started whistling, just allow it to cool and allow it to okay. set for a while. Yeah. And in some of the countries, they will pour the water from three feet up in the air. And so uh-huh. that oxygenates the water, which puts yeah. oxygen, air into it, and also cools it. So uh, some of your lighter teas, most of your your herbs and your black teas and some of the oolongs need full rolling, boiling hot water. They're just meant for... Um, a complete full infusion if you have smaller leaves. And sometimes if you've got a large leaf that's rolled up very tiny, you want that leaf to be able to open up fully to be able to give you all yeah. all the nutrients and all the flavor mm-hmm. from the leaf. So there are some. So, again, it becomes a preference thing. So getting back yes. to sugar, it was really the British who uh, started drinking sugar. None of your Asian countries you will ever see sugar or milk put into tea. And if you're ever invited into an Asian family's home, I would suggest that you drink it clear, <laughs> not ask for milk or sugar. Or <laughs> they wouldn't yeah, actually okay. know what you're talking about if you ask for, for milk or, or sugar or yeah. anything like this. <laughs> now, so if you have milk, yeah. is it okay to have soy milk, or does it have to be a particular kind of cow's milk? Or, or, no, or I have milk. certainly had tea with... Um, with with the soy milk, and uh, it's a preference thing. There are people who wouldn't drink it with anything other than soy milk. So your black yeah. teas, your black teas from India, and uh, you know most of your British teas are traditionally black teas, and so they you know, love the milk and and sugar tradition, and sometimes the lemon. And those teas are definitely made for milk and sugar. They come from India. They're full-bodied, rich, uh, full-flavored teas. And, you know, you can control the strength of the tea. You know, you can drink that. I'm having a a cup of black tea right now, and I like black teas in the morning. You know, black Uh teas have a little more caffeine, and people seem to want that little bit of a caffeine boost, and I prefer blacks in the morning. I drink mine clear. I don't put anything in there. But there are times, if I'm having tea at someone's home, and and, and to me it's very, very strong. Yeah, and of course it's morning, your time now in California. I have lunchtime, and I'm sitting with my throat coat tea, (laughs) which you are quite familiar with yourself, I would think. I know that those are probably a series of herbs. So, So let's talk about that, because there is a difference between what people refer to as herbal teas. So yes. we are not mm-hmm. talking about white, green, oolong, or black. We are not really talking about tea. Those other infusions that are made from berries and bark and, and you know, different aspects of you know, flowers and bark and roots, and you know, those are all coming from herbs. 
And yes. so we make them the same way we make tea. So that is a bit of a misnomer, and I refer to them as herbal infusions because uh-huh. we infuse them the same way that we infuse tea. Nowadays you are seeing a number of the herbs being blended with different white teas, different green teas, and even definitely some of your black teas. Uh, what's really popular right now are what they're calling the super fruits, the um, the uh, pomegranate and blueberries and the acai berry and the goji berry and all of these things that are very, very yeah. popular right now are being blended with many different teas. So you're getting the antioxidant boost and the different nutrients from the superfruits plus the nutrients and the antioxidants from the teas. So they are a beautiful marriage, those two. And uh-huh. uh, the, the flavors are generally wonderful and very flavorful, so they are becoming very popular. You will start to see them in what we call ready-to-drink teas. Those are your cans or bottled teas that you, you know, pick up in the supermarket or the convenience stores. Yes, uh, and this is something that is happening in America. Again, you don't see it in other countries uh, that much, or if even at all, with all these bottled teas <laughs> uh, which you drink cold. Uh, does it make a difference in the actual ready product? You know, people eat, drink iced tea, particularly in America, with ice and the tea. Does that have a different effect on your system from the the actually hot teas? No, not really. I um, <laughs> was a bit of a purist in the beginning, but I have uh, learned to adapt and adjust to people's needs and desires. And when I make iced and of course it is a very popular beverage in this country and that is one of the reasons why tea sales and tea numbers are skyrocketing in this country is because we are traditionally 80 over 80 percent of the tea consumed in this country is consumed iced so it was definitely something i needed to explore and when i make my iced tea um, i steep it just like i would with boiling water and I will use a stronger infusion, and then I'm going to pour it over an entire pitcher of ice. So uh, it cools immediately, and especially if you are drinking it immediately. The taste and the flavor is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, In the old days, I would make like a two-gallon size jug the night before I was expecting guests or doing bringing tea for a party and I would make it the same way I'd steep it uh, usually a stronger infusion take the leaves out chill it put it in the fridge overnight then bring it to the event and it's not the same tea the color is different the flavor is different and when I was in a hurry once and had a number of ladies waiting for iced tea yeah at all my hot stuff I poured it over ice and it was dispensed immediately and the flavor and this was a green tea yeah the flavor was just so beautiful that I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm never making And that's tea. how we learn, you know, through yeah. our mistakes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's interesting to, like to know. It and, you know. And different things, and you know, we're, we're used to iced tea with lemon here. So, of course, there are properties from the lemons that are enhanced, and you get the, the, the nutrition from the lemons. But I'm, I'm always quite fascinated when I sit in a restaurant and see iced tea being delivered to people and... Right away, everybody goes for the packages, start squeezing the lemons, start pouring stuff in. And I've never seen anyone just sip the tea first to actually see what it tastes like. Yes. Ah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Salt or put ketchup on something. Yes, that's how we all do it probably at times. So we know about green tea, and it has 
the reputation of being very, how should I say, cancer healing or cancer fighting or protecting you against the cancer? How is it with the green tea? What's well, the truth about Well, I think you've used this? a good word there, and I think protecting mm-hmm. and preventative health is really what we are striving for. And there, the, there are millions and millions of dollars of research being pumped into tea uh, that has been going on for decades already and will continue for decades to come. Uh, and, of course, it's, uh, we're, we're looking at combating the free radical damage that's going on in our bodies. And, of course, you know, those are cells that are unhappy and unnourished or malnourished that end up doing strange things and becoming cancerous or, you know, whatever. So what we're trying to do is put antioxidants into our bodies, of which tea has lots of antioxidants. Most well, tea suggests the green teas and herbal uh, Most tea. of the research that's being done, uh, and we've had uh, uh, scientific symposiums where we've had scientists from all over the world gather and meet here in the U.S., and pretty much all the tests are being done on green tea. So you can adjust the figures a little bit accordingly, but um, you know white tea still has uh, incredible antioxidant properties, a little less caffeine in it. Your your darker teas will have a little more caffeine. So if caffeine is an issue for people, you know, stick with the lighter teas, the green and the whites. You can also control the caffeine in the coffee by the way you steep it and how long you leave the leaves in, or you can steep a first pot and throw away that first infusion and steep the leaves again and then drink the second infusion. You're going to cut Oh, the... I didn't think about yeah. this. That's an interesting point. So you, you're, 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 you're controlling it, and this yeah. way mm-hmm. it's not done in a factory using chemicals or being processed. And you know, I personally don't purchase any, any decaffeinated teas of any kind. If I am preparing it for somebody that has a caffeine concern, I will decant the first uh, infusion. And when I say throw it away, I don't mean throw it away down the sink or down the disposal. Go Take it outside and water a plant, water a tree, throw it on the ground. How would it be if you use it for your face or your hands? Would that smoothen your skin? There are so many cosmetics right now that have, you know, there's essential oil in the leaf of of the, the, the tea plant is called the Camellia sinensis. And so all our teas, white, green, oolong, and black, all come from that same plant. So it's very much like the grape leaves and the grape vines that yield, you know, they pick up the properties and the flavors from the soil, the, the weather conditions, and the environment. So that grape will taste different as planted here in California that originally came from France or wherever. So the same thing applies to teas. And teas are named very much like our wines, where you have a Bordeaux or a Beaujolais. Those are areas, regions in France. Same with Assam, which is your traditional breakfast black tea that is a region in India. Ah. Giri teas, those are regions. And yeah, you tell me so much I didn't know, <laughs> and uh, which is very, very interesting. So when I go out and buy tea next time, I really I should start reading the labels, really, to see where it's coming and from. In the old days, uh, the island of Sri Lanka was occupied by the British and was called Ceylon. So you will see, and that is C-E-Y-L-O-N. So you will still see many teas that are called Ceylon teas, but that yes. island hasn't existed under that name for decades. But now Sri Lanka is sort of claiming its 
its power, and you will see Sri Lankan teas. And, you know, Ceylons were an exceptional black tea that were very popular. And, of course, most of our iced teas in the U.S. are black tea-based because they're strong, full-bodied. They can stand up to, you know, things being added to them, and they have a true... Uh, burst of flavor. When you start icing a white tea, you're you're getting uh, a lot less flavor, but uh, it still makes a wonderful iced tea. So mm-hmm. you know you will see as you're looking on the package, and you know a lot of them are now saying Sri Lankan teas, and people are going, well, Sri Lanka, you know, I don't know anything about that. I don't know if I yeah. want this tea. And you know, and same with Taiwan, which was originally called Formosa. And formosas are usually your oolongs, and oolongs are in between green tea and black tea. Oolongs happen to be one of my favorite teas, and really the island of Taiwan produces the majority of oolongs in the world. You will often see them called Formosa, which was the name of the island, and that poor little island has been occupied by so many countries over over history that uh, is now claiming its own, and... Uh, most of your oolongs will come from Taiwan. So they are, you know, there's a whole host of health benefits that are, you know, getting back to your question, getting back to the green teas, everything from heart health to hardening of the arteries for hypertension, stroke, blood vessels, you know, blood circulating, blood clotting for diabetes, for bone health, for teeth health. The, there's the natural fluoride in the leaf itself. So instead of putting that into water sources, and you can get that from the tea plant. So it helps prevent the plaque and the bacteria that are growing in our mouths. And so also, of course, people are you know into the diet teas, which are very huge. And <laughs> when I see the price on some of those, you know, the one that's very popular right now is called the Wu Yi, which is W U Y I. Wu Yi uh-huh. is a is a mountain region in China, and so those leaves are picked from that area. They are traditionally an oolong tea, and basically when you're buying these so-called diet teas or slimming teas, they are oolong-based. Most of them will have a few herbs in there, and those are herbs that make you go to the bathroom. And as people would say, and I said it's number one. So and that's two, called so. a diet tea then, in other words. Yeah. So yeah, you know, okay. when you're drinking that, you're staying home. <laughs> <laughs> or is it that powerful? So is it true that some, or you, you call them infusions, but I still call them teas because that's what I'm used to, to saying. Is it true all these uh, qualities that they say that they have that it will cure your colds and your cough and your kidneys and your bladder and God knows what? Do they have those qualities? Well, your herbals will definitely do that. I am not... An herbologist, I have not studied the herbs, but I do know a number of tea experts that are also herbologists, so they will do blending of herbs and teas together. So when somebody comes to me and says, oh, I, I have this issue with my kidneys or my husband's prostate gland or you know, whatever it is, uh, which tea would you recommend? So what I encourage people to do, because I know there are herbs that are better for certain parts of your body, and uh, people have been studying this and learning this for thousands of years. It's not just, yes. it's not new. So I encourage people to think about tea as whole body health. You know, if mm-hmm. you have one area of your body that is stressed, is under duress, 
the rest of your body is compensating for that organ that's working very hard to heal itself. And, you know, our bodies do have the natural properties to heal itself. But when we are eating and consuming a diet that is lacking the nutrients and the antioxidants, we're not giving our poor bodies the you know the the chance to be able to heal itself. So of course, where do we go? We go to pills and medications and these kind of things. So uh, I would suggest uh, if there are certain areas of concern that yes, herbs, herbologists, and drinking herbs, and most of the packages of the the um, herbal infusions will tell you that they'll say you know good for this area or for this or you know whatever that, you know, read the packages because there's a lot, usually a lot of information on them, and most of the packages yeah. will have websites. And people are incredible at putting a lot of information on their websites. So even if it's a tea or an herb that you're interested in, you know, most of those boxes will have a website. So there's lots of information, and believe me, you can spend days and days and days on the Internet researching teas and different herbs. So, you know, check. The information is right there. It's probably on the Yes, back. of course, me coming from, uh, originally from Sweden, and I grew up with tea. I came from a tea family, although most people in Sweden are into coffee. Now, um, I have, through my travels here and there, seen tea as the getting to know you better mode, you know, uh, that we just met and then we would sit down and have a cup of tea and in the Arab countries there's been the mint tea and was very sweet and they put little little nuts in them and, and uh, the uh, pint nuts in them. Yeah. But in Russia it was so interesting when I came over there for business meetings and uh, we sat down at the conference table and kind of looked at each other and they were not really too communicative and then someone came in with a tray of tea in glasses, of course, like they sure. do it in Russia. And we all had our tea. And that was meant just, just to get to know you better and to open up. And they explained to me, we never talk in Russia. <laughs> I don't know if it's changed today, but at that time they said, we never talk and talk business until we've had our cup of tea together. And I thought that was kind of nice. And it uh, it's more, yeah. yeah. And you wouldn't have believed that from what we consider a very revolutionary communist country is not regard that anymore. But, you know, that they had that old tradition and that they have kept that through all the tough times that they've had, you know, through the years. In the years. old days, it took a long time for tea to get from China to Russia. It would be 16 months on the back of a camel or on the back of a, some, some animal, and it was walked across what they called the Silk Road. And uh, by the time tea got to Russia, it was 16 months old already. Oh, so, really? And then they had, had gone through the a, heat <laughs> and the cold everything <laughs> else. And uh, at one time, it was a gift. A, a Chinese emperor had given uh, you know, some Russian czar an entire chest of tea and of course you know this was an uh, an incredible gift and and the russians didn't have a clue what they were supposed to do with this but ah. it was disrespectful not to accept it and so they learned and that's how their tradition sort of started and that's and that it is a gift of friendship it is a gift of hospitality and even i was in turkey last year and of course went in to see how the um, um persian rugs were being made and watch them and you, know, you you don't get to see anything until you've had your tea first yeah. They serve you tea on a beautiful brass tray, and they have the little hourglass-shaped glasses that you drink out of, and you drink your tea first, and 
you know, then they get into the whole process of how they make the rugs, and you get to watch them. But, of course, you know, Turkey and all the Middle Eastern countries, like as you said, you do not start talking business until you've established a rapport with that person, yeah. and that is over a cup of tea. So when I say I was studying the traditions and the cultures, where tea has always been this symbol of hospitality, and you invite someone into your home and you offer them something. And most countries in the world, it was tea that was offered. So, you know, and, and in when in poor countries where the where tea was tea always came into every country as very elite, and only the royalty and only the rich got it at first. And the spent leaves, which are the leaves that are already used, are what the servants and the peasants got to use. So, you know, they were they were used to uh-huh. reinfusing the leaves and you know, those were still cherished items there that were shared among the lower class and those who didn't have the money, they drank the tea from the leaves that the rich had used already. And which had less caffeine yeah. <laughs> evidently. <laughs> and maybe so it was better many, for them. <laughs> there are many, many teas that are prepared and dried so that you can infuse those leaves multiple times. So for people, when you look at a package and say, oh, I've never paid 8 or $9 for a package of tea, well, use those tea leaves again. So and one can do that. It's not bad, really. You no, know, I just uh, threw away tea this morning, and I felt, uh, you know, that I had used, and I felt, oh, what a pity to throw that away, but I can actually use it again. You sure can. And I, you know, because you're now dealing with an organic matter that once it's been, uh, infused, it will start to decompose. So you really do need to consume that within 24 hours. Uh, there are times when I'm tasting new stuff that it's like, okay, well, I'll, you know, I don't have time to to infuse this one again. I'll actually put it in the refrigerator. Sometimes I put it in in uh, in tin foil. Sometimes I just leave it in the infuser. Sometimes it depends. And on how long can you keep it in the refrigerator? Uh, you know, it. Uh, I've had it in there for two days, three days at the most. And there are uh-huh. some people that will just leave the wet leaves on the bottom of the pot. And uh, once you've done drinking it, and then just uh, and, and then people will cook with leaves, and they will make different. Uh, you can put the leaves in your salad dressings. You can eat them. I've seen. I've had. Well, one can do that also. It doesn't affect uh, the system in the wrong way to to eat the tea leaves. No, not at all. The you know, when, in the Japanese tea ceremony, the tea that the Japanese use is called matcha. And those uh-huh. who are Starbucks consumers will know that they have the, the matcha tea, and that is M-A-T-C-H-A. And what that is is the entire leaf has been ground and pulverized. So when you, and, and when you feel it and when you look at it, it's very much like powdered sugar or like flour. It's that soft and pulverized. Uh-huh. And so when you mix that in with water, you, there is a special whisk that you need to stop it from clumping, but you are actually consuming the whole leaf. You know, this is so interesting also if you are a cook, a vegetarian cook, you can add this on to your vegetarian hamburgers and make it look a little more interesting maybe. Or anything you boil in water, your pasta, your potatoes, any vegetable, Mm -hmm. you can put tea leaves in there. That's very exciting. And will it give a different color then also to the pasta maybe? Yes, I have my pasta change a little bit uh, of color, but then you look in the store and you have 
pasta that's got spinach, pasta that's got tomato. So, you know, you, you have green pastas and red pastas, and, you know, at least you're getting some of the nutrients cooked into whatever it is you're cooking. You can, and, uh, you know, I have a friend who, when they he steams his rice, puts a, you know, a few, well, a good few teaspoons of the of oolong leaves in there, and the oolong leaves open up as the rice cooks, and then you eat this the rice with the tea leaf, and and it tastes good, and 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 the rubs people are doing all kinds of seasoned herbed rubs for meats and chickens and whatnot, and uh, mm-hmm. the tea leaf can be used as that. So I mean, yeah, there is a whole, and 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 now we're drinking it in cocktails and. Oh, we do. Yes, <laughs> How do we do that? The martinis is made with tea. And oh, out of the um, yeah, I'm not that much of a martini. Cocktail. Yes, I, even mm, think I can see the name, but uh, they're them <clears throat> with green tea based. So a lot of uh, and some of them are are not alcoholic, where you use the syrup that you use in in the traditional cocktails, and there are entire tea bars opening where teenagers can come in and you know have what looks like a martini or what looks like you know some type of cocktail and you know these kind of things are popping up on the east coast we've got a number of them that are very successful college kids and it's just something that's a little different it looks alcoholic but it's not and you're you know of course the uh, the tea that's in there and the other junk that you're putting in there with it but it's still you know it's just kind of a novel yeah. thing so you know, many, many different ways to to use tea, to cook with it, to eat the leaf, to you know, to, to uh, as opposed in the old days when the leaves came here to America, they did people didn't know what to do with them. They boiled them up, drained off the water, and ate them like we would eat potatoes with butter and salt and pepper, and would eat the leaves uh-huh. that way, like a vegetable. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so you know, it's kind of like, okay, we don't know what these are, but we're going to cook them up and eat them. And yeah. it's gone through many evolutions. And, uh, of course, uh, having a, a clear infusion is often is more desirable than cloudy. I know that people say, oh, my God, my iced tea is cloudy, so therefore it's not good. But that's not true. So we have all those misconceptions now, you know, with cloudy tea and old tea leaves and everything else. No, it's it's still very good. So uh, what about tea bags versus tea leaves? Well, again, the the tea bag has gone through its own evolution as well, and, and greatly so. Because I'll be honest, in the old days, the stuff that came to America was the crap that the rest of the world would not accept. And it was like, okay, Americans don't have the palate for this. They don't know any better. We'll grind it up real fine. Or it's the dust and the breakage of the good leaves that we'll just put in this tea bag. Nobody really sees it anyway. And we'll sell it to America, which is what we got for decade upon decade in this country. So mm-hmm. we, And we had a bleached tea bag back then that had chemicals in it and the staple and the little tag. Those were all done by child labor in all these other countries. Oh, so yeah. people are really, you know, Americans that are going to other countries and checking out the plantations and checking the factories where these are made, you know, are really trying to make sure that the, the, the people who are working the plantations, that uh, we, we do have what's called fair trade certified so anytime you see a package of tea that has that label, you're going to pay more for that tea. It's going to be more expensive. But the people on the plantation, it's mostly women that are the pickers. You know that they are given maternity benefits. They're given hospital care. Their their children are going to school. 
And yeah. in the old days, that really wasn't the case. And so, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, now that we have learned that we can use the old tea leaves, we should buy the more expensive teas yeah, and support that since we don't have to throw it away so quickly. Tea can be hundreds of dollars a pound. And when you start breaking that down into cups and then being able to reuse those leaves, you're still talking under a dollar for you know, tea that's a hundred dollars a pound, and yeah. a lot of your white teas and things like that, you know, they you will find them in the hundreds of dollars per pound. So, you know, people, oh my God, I'll never pay that. But you get. Yeah, well, now we can. I feel now it it doesn't bother me if I would have to pay that much. You know, if you're so, um, and you're spending three forty-five or four dollars for a, a cup of water and a tea bag. Sure. <laughs> oh, so, mm-hmm. you know, you can get. As I said, even those hundreds of dollars per pound, you're getting hundreds of cups and you're paying a dollar per cup. Yeah. So when you start looking at it that way, it's very affordable and, and really is the, one of the most affordable beverages in the world. And mm-hmm. for those who are experimenting and trying different things, they will see prices changing and varying from places to places. And there are scads of little tea places opening up that have all the loose leaves right there available for you to see and smell and and the owners are very happy to educate people so so don't be afraid or intimidated to go into these places and tell the owners that oh well I don't really know you know I heard tea is good for me I don't really know what I want to drink they'll make you a cup right there and then and yeah. you know so I mean it's and I've just seen scads of them popping up so don't be afraid to experiment to see what's out there there's a lot of people selling tea online you know, I do have a couple or, or a company that I will recommend because I do not sell tea online. I mostly use tea. Tea is simply the vehicle that I use. Tea, I most what I do with tea is deliver a message to people, and it's like yeah. And we're going to do that in a little while. We're going to do some tea prayers, and uh, I uh, went to one of those really avant-garde. Uh, restaurants, and they, of course, they had coffee after dinner, but they had a whole array of various teas, which I suppose comes in with the New Times now. And I ordered a red tea, and it was the best darn thing I ever had, you know, <laughs> this red tea, and they had added things to it, and they had sweetened it with honey, I think, but it was so absolutely delicious. I couldn't now, have tea is enough. Tea herb that is rooibos from Africa. Uh-huh. Yes, it was, they said an African red yeah. tea, but it's not it actually tea then. Right, it, it is an infusion, but because it is so good for you and it's so hot right now, Americans are drinking it like crazy, and it tastes wonderful, and it lends itself to be blended with so many essential oils and different flavors and different fruits. Yeah, and this is what they had been doing in herbs. one of those avant-garde South Beach uh, restaurants here in Miami, you know, that they really had gone big on this particular thing it, it with was, these teas. It's so wonderful. You cannot mess it up. And you can serve it to children. You can, uh, you know, it's got loaded with antioxidants. It's generally always organic. It's caffeine-free, and you can't ever drink too much of it. And uh, as I said, it's safe for children, and they love it. It, it, It's just so flavorful. uh, As I say, I do not deal with too many herbs, but I always introduce people to rooibos. And because it's got a funky name and a funky spelling, most people in the America call it the red tea. And it makes a very amber-colored infusion, very similar to looking like a black tea. The um, 
the Chinese will often refer to black teas as red because of the infusion, the color, the amber, yes. or mm-hmm. the rich color of the uh, of the infusion. So, well, I'm glad and you the white that. tea, when it says white tea, now it said red tea on the box when I bought it. And uh, afterwards, and then when I buy white tea, it says white tea on the box. What What is that white tea you mentioned before, but at that time I was busy with the switchboard. Okay. The white teas are the very, very young buds, the leaf that, when I say bud, I don't mean flower bud. It's when the, the leaf has just started to bud out, just starting to come before the, the, the leaf has begun to unfurl, to open up and become a leaf. And so, uh, of tea, one, tea leaf. This yes. is tea. Yes. So white mm-hmm. tea is the very young leaves that are just allowed to air dry naturally. So a lot of people say, okay, it's not adulterated. We haven't done anything to it. We haven't, you know, thrown it in a big dryer and dried it for, you know, X amount of time. That it has to be, you know, as close to nature as possible. Well, of course that is true because it's so young. And of course they only pick the very top of the plant ever. None of the mature leaves of the bo- at the bottom of the plant are ever touched. You know, that just simply provides nutrients for the plant and they are only picking the very young growth uh, and where you see it's very waxy, very shiny, and that is all that's ever used for tea. The mature leaves on the bottom are never used. So the white tea uh, barely has any color. The leaf is very silvery and sometimes it has uh, like a little fuzz on it, almost like velvet. And those are the ones that can run you three, four hundred dollars a pound. I have seen uh, uh-huh. quite frequently, but there are, you know, many affordable versions out there that are wonderful to experiment with. I do notice a lot of the white teas are being blended with blueberries and pomegranates, and and getting back to the tea bags. There, we now have very vol- voluminous um, tea bags that open up the 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 size of pyramids and they're big and they have full leaves in there and they're clear and you can see the leaves expanding in there so the tea bag is changing itself it, some of the tea bags are biodegradable and will completely dissolve in a in a compost heap so um, so look for those so you, you know anytime that you want a fuller leaf and, and people seem to be afraid of using the loose leaf, and that's part of my job, and I educate people how to do that. But there are many companies that are making the tea bags that are big and puffy, and those leaves can expand completely. And so you will see a number of that, and most of those will have a little picture on the package there of what the tea bag looks like. And also, it's a preference thing. Uh, you know, I like to carry tea bags in my purse, so of course I'm looking for packages. That are you know are the, the sachets are individually packaged. You know, a lot of people have issues about packaging and paper and waste and disposal. But mm-hmm. when you want to have something in your purse, you need to you just not putting a loose tea bag in there. It needs to be in a sachet and needs to be yeah. packaged. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I put them in little tins or whatever if they don't come that way. But of course, you know, match your needs to what it is you want. If I'm ta- you're taking these to work or you know you're going yeah. on a trip and. You know, so it's like, okay, look at the box, see the little package. Most of them will have a diagram. So you will notice that uh, your your more traditional ones that haven't changed much in decades, <laughs> different companies out there are still expanding, still adding wonderful things yeah. to, to the tea leaves. So, again, the white leaves are very, very young, um, uh, immature leaves that uh, have a wonderful infusion, uh, very light. There's almost very little color to the infusion. People say, oh, well, this can't be right. You know, it's almost clear. You will see them being almost clear to a very light green, to a very light yellow. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So that is the proper infusion. It doesn't have to, you know, it, does, it is not going to have a lot of color in the infusion. Which, uh, what should one use to serve tea the best? Should you have it like the Russians and the Swedes, so in, in a glass cup, or should it be like in a china cup, or should it be ceramic? Which do you feel is the best way of serving the tea? Well, right? it depends on the occasion. And there are times when you just, most people have china cups sitting in a cupboard or sitting in a china cabinet that have not seen the light of day in 25 years. You know, why do you have them if you're not going to use them? Treat yeah. mm-hmm. yourself. Rinse that thing out and fill it up and sit with a nice, luxurious, gold-rimmed china cup. And, you know, and, and make that occasion for yourself special. It's only going to take you 10 to 12 minutes to drink that cup. So if you've got those cups, use them. Use them. But then you need a teapot, of course, to make yes, the tea. I, um, do, I very seldom make a cup of tea. I like to make a pot of tea. And there are so many different sizes of pots out there. You know, most of the, most of the tea bags, you can get two cups easily out of, or more, two to four cups size pot out of one tea bag. See, this is the mistake that most people will make. They'll put too many tea bags in or too many tea leaves. They'll steep it for too long, and then they'll go, oh, this is bitter. Oh, that's why I don't like tea. Experimental light in the beginning, taste it and say, okay, I want more flavor. Dip that tea bag back in there or put the infuser back in there and play with it. You know, that's part of the ritual and the fun. Okay, I'm doing Mm -hmm. something special for myself. And you're dipping that little infuser in and out, and it's also cooling your tea. And and, and that's when I encourage people, the 10 minutes that it takes to sit with that cup of tea, use that as time for prayer or meditation or stress release. Shut the world down and say, okay, nothing is going to fall apart in the 10 minutes that it takes me to sip this cup of tea. So From now, we're going to change our lives here. We're going to turn on beautiful music, and we're going to make ourselves a really lovely pot of tea. And is it better with a clay pot or one of those classical black pots or, or a china pot? Which is the best? Some people swear by clay pots for tea, but is well, that true? Well, again, as you get more sophisticated and are experimenting with different things, the the... The cast iron pots will keep your tea hot for a long time. Um, you know, I'm a collector, so I try everything. I get the old vintage British teapots. I get the Japanese. The Most of your oolongs are made and your green teas are in the open, porous clay pots that are not glazed, not finished. You know, most of your Asians will use that type. Japanese will use more of a porcelain, uh, shiny, glazed pot. You know, it's... it's if it looks pretty and you like it and you'll take it out, then yeah. buy it. <laughs> okay, very good. So now we're going to pretend we're doing that. And we are now sipping our little beautiful cup of tea. And we're going to listen to one of your tea prayers. Do you have a great prayer for us to listen to? Yes, I would like to share the prayer. I have written 101 of them. And the one that I'm going to share caused a little commotion because it's called Anxiety. And people said, you're writing a prayer for anxiety? Well, you know, we do have a lot of that in our lives. And, right. Uh, now you have a lot of that out there. I have yes, give consultations about, every day to people now who have anxiety. So this is about releasing that anxiety and letting mm-hmm. it go. So this is anxiety. I reach into the purest part of me and know my future is secure. I have nothing to fear. God is so near. All outcomes are clear. 
I close out everything and see the everything. God is all I see. God is all there is. Agony and apprehension are abolished. I am one again with the one, again and forever. In the absence of anxiety, I am absolute. The absolute I am assures anchorage in a harbor of security and prosperity, a home free of all adversity, an asylum from worry and fret, a shelter from aggression and obsession, a sanctuary from uncertainty and instability. In God, I am safe and good, and I find my refuge. For this, I am eternally grateful and thankful. I release the anxiety, the anguish, and the agony. I allow God's stewardship. God becomes my guide. My vessel sails freely from this day forward. It is safe, and so am I. And so it is. Amen. That was so beautiful. You know, I really took some deep breaths <laughs> and felt it was really nice to listen well, to know, that. I, I created these because sometimes our minds are so overloaded and we're going to say, okay, I'm going to sit with this cup of tea, but okay, I've got this and this that I need to do and this isn't done yet and oh my God, I forgot about this and it's like, okay, let it go. Here's a guide. Here's a prayer, and sometimes I encourage people, I have a number of them, but I said, if it's a particular issue, read it again and again. And then all of a sudden, you just feel your body, something lets go, and you feel that you are now physically, emotionally, spiritually in another place. And that place feels pretty darn good. And this is why I'm suggesting in 10 minutes, you can get to that place. And once you do this enough times, you can go back to that place. Your brain, your body kinetically remembers this feeling. And you can take yourself there in seconds when you've got to deal with a difficult teenager or go into the boardroom or fire somebody or reprimand somebody. It's like, okay, take yourself to that place, you know, where you're releasing that stress and that anxiety and say, all right, I'm now better equipped to deal with this situation. So, you know, that's so now this was so beautiful, and I would like us to do it one more time before we end the show. And uh, But before that, please tell us there was one website you wanted to share with us where people can buy teas and, and look up teas. Yes, and uh, I will uh, send that to you. This is um, a friend of mine who's called Dr. T, and uh, his shop is called uh, Dr. T's in L.A., he has written the book, The Ultimate Tea Diet, and he has a wonderful website and his products, and he often has great deals. I have tried a number of his teas and recommend him highly, and his place is called The Tea Garden, so it's www.teagarden.com, and uh, there are uh, a number of products, and I recommend them highly just as a friend. We're not in business together, but I... No, because I don't sell them, and people want no, to. And you're thinking of the good of the people, so it's it's um, you just want people to to be helped through. Yes, and uh, he has a number a of more about and different herbs. He also has uh, uh, herb specialists in and out of his shop, so a lot of his teas are blended with the different herbs. So if there are any 
health concerns, uh, you can con uh, email through there and, and ask for different herbal remedies or whatever that you're working with. But I do recommend him highly and, um, you know, that these are moments that we take for ourselves. And we get to be in charge. We're, we're the ones who control yeah. our lives. So if you're living this chaotic life, you're the only one who can stop that. And it's like, can you love yourself enough to spend 10 minutes with a cup of tea doing something good for your mind, body, and soul? You know, we get a little hard on ourselves. I, not, I need to go to the gym, and I'm not eating properly. I'm not taking my vitamins. And, you know, it's like, okay, 10 minutes. Let's stop the world. Take a few deep breaths. Use a prayer. You know, if it's forgiveness, if it's stress release, whatever you're working on, just breathe and breathe your way through it. Breathe and sit. So it's not the right way to put it in a, in a, in a cup and put it in the car and keep on driving. <laughs> no, and and, and I, I, you know, I have gulped tea, believe me, and instead of water, I'm drinking this, and I know that you know, I'm still getting that liquid and still getting those nutrients and those antioxidants in my body. But when I sit and I pull out a cup that was my grandmother's or that my mother had you know, before she got married and saved for her hope chest, you know, those are moments where you're reconnecting to your roots, to your family. And as I said to people, don't leave them. And, you know, bring out those china teapots. Bring out those teacups and use them and make it a special occasion. And if you happen to break the darn thing, there are companies out there and jewelry companies who will take those pieces of china and make them into a necklace or a bracelet for you. So, you know, or those who make mosaics, which I do too. <laughs> You know, so I mean, yeah. it, you know, we're so afraid to use them in case we break them or chip them. Well, they can have another life. So. Well, that you know, one should use what one has. So, yeah. and what is your? How can people get hold of you, uh, Darlene? Well, I do have a website, and I am called Take Up the Cup, and so that's www.takeupthecup, and. Um, Dot com. So I have my contact information over there. And for anybody who's listening and wants to email me, I, I do not have a shopping page on my website. And I am offering my first book, Sipping Tea, Celebrating Me, which is Inner Peace, The Journey Begins with the First Sip. That you know, I'm offering that for eight dollars. Uh, it's going to go into a re revised edition. So you are getting the limited first edition copies. And uh, you know, as I said, those I'll, I'll sell for $8 plus shipping, and you know, people can contact me via email. And if there are any issues, anything that people are wrestling with in their life and would like a prayer, there's a pretty good chance that I have created a prayer for that situation or one that will work, or, or believe me, I will create one for someone. So you know, I'm happy to share my prayers, and I will email them a prayer to sit with. They can print and mm -hmm. you know, use that right prayer. Nice. I do have a number of the prayers in my first book, and they, you know, the 101 will be spread out over the series of three books that I'm creating. But I'm also a so, well, uh, lovely. We only have a few minutes left, but we have uh, given your website and the name of your book is Sipping Tea Dash Celebrating Me yeah. by Darlene Fall Britain. Did I say that name right? You sure did. You got it perfect. <laughs> yeah, Fall Britain. Uh, you know, it's like Britain, like the country. People look at the yes. spelling and want to make it complicated, but it's not. So, uh, and um, again, uh, we have we were going to go back to the prayer, and uh, this is Helena Steiner Hornstein with our wondrous world. We come back next Tuesday with a new guest, and that is Jackie Silver. Jackie Silver is a former TV host, and she is going to share with us anti-aging secrets. 
I don't think it's through teeth, but um, she has something to tell us. And my website is um, www.speakingtoyourheart.com. And now, Darlene, it would be great if you could finish this program. We end this program with your wonderful prayer, either the same one or another one. What have you chosen sure. for uh, I, the, the one I'd like to share and close with is called Certainty. And, of course, you see that all my prayers end with the word T, so this is certainty. Mm-hmm. The infallibility of God is certain, reliable and dependable, a love beyond question. This I know with indescribable surety. In truth, God is all there is. Something deep inside me knows that we are one, a force beyond words, an innate, inexpressible Sureness assures me of an exceptional union. I accept this extraordinary force of goodness as a part of who I am. I embody this aspect and choose to exemplify this gift as my contribution back to God's universe. This I do out of gratitude, with fortitude, and in certitude. I ask for no proof, for in God I am positive. I give absolute thanks in confidence and with conviction. I release any dubiousness and relinquish all smallness. For with God I grow, and in God I know. All else I let go, and it is so. Amen. So that is the certainty prayer. And we are protected. And as I said, I have a number of these that I'm happy to share, and if there's a particular situation that anyone is facing, please contact me, and I'd be happy to, to share any or several of these prayers with anyone out there. So I thank That's you. wonderful, wonderful, Darlene. And thank you so very much for calling me all the way from California, which is, of course, in Florida. It's not as far, but if you're sitting in Moscow or Lebanon, it is a little bit further away. <laughs> Small and, world you know, I actually have listeners in so many different countries. So you have spoken now today also to people who are from these tea-producing countries, yeah. which yeah. is interesting. And maybe I can get some emails from you all. Good. That'd be wonderful. Uh, let, yeah. And have some feedback on thank that you. one. So thank you, everyone out there listening to us today. This is Helena, Helena Steiner Hornstein. But Helena is enough. That's what you can call me when you write me. And also don't hesitate to contact my guest today, Darlene Fall Britain. And she has her website again, which was, uh, what was it again, uh, Darlene? www.takeupthecup.com. That's great. Okay. Thank, Thank you all, and have a wonderful week out there. And meet you again next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Blessings to all. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.